Did you kill Mr. Boz, Mr. Trammell? I'd have to be pretty stupid to write a book about killing and then kill somebody the way I described it in my book. I'd be announcing myself as the killer. I'm not stupid. We know you're not stupid, Mr. Trammell. Maybe that's what you're counting on to get you off the hook. Writing the book gives you an alibi. Yes, it does, doesn't it? But the answer's no. I didn't kill him. Shoot, man. I believe her. Drew, I believe anything she says. I don't care what it is. Whatever she says, that's the way it goes, all right? Well, you know what else I believe? What do you believe? This is episode 87 of the Last Row Podcast. I don't believe it. I believe you can find us. That doesn't seem right. On our website, thelastrowpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at thelastrowpod, facebook.com slash thelastrowpod. Head to Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, leave a five-star review. Consider. Thank you very much. Same on Podchaser. Welcome back, Badway. Episode 87. I'm not in the interrogation room. <laughs> we are doing basic instinct, Drew. We never thought we'd get here. 1992. March 20th, 1992. Look at you putting the exact date in the notes. I thought it might be a nice little wrinkle that we could put yeah. in here now just to March know what time 20th. of year it came out. Spring fling. You know, other things are springing out of... <laughs> never mind. Genre. Paul Verhoeven, there might be. <laughs> thriller slash mystery slash sex thriller, Drew. <laughs> Some might call it a neo-noir erotic thriller. Some? Do you know, do you know what neo-noir means? I mean, I've heard it in a lot of things, but I feel like an idiot because it's like 2 a.m. It just means a crime movie that is post like 40s, I believe. All right. I see it. I see it. Because the crime noir was like, you know, black and white 40s, that whole thing. Anyway, directed by Paul Verhoeven, Drew. Paul Verhoeven. Do you know what Paul Verhoeven has directed? He's done a lot of movies. A lot of your favorites. I'm familiar with him. Robocop. Yeah. Total, Total Recall, which is a big one. Starring Sharon Stone. But then he did Basic Instincts. Then he'd immediately shifted to Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this guy in particular, I just, I was looking up trivia on IMDb and this guy, I don't want to call him a perv, but this is kind of his style of movie. Oh, He's yeah. got the 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 sex lovemaking movie thriller style <laughs> movie where just just one piece of trivia I saw on this was he was, he was on record that saying that he wanted to include... He wanted to make the first Hollywood mainstream film with a, how do I say this in a PG-13 way, an aroused male, an aroused a visually male. aroused male. He didn't get his wish, but he got a not aroused male through a cadaver. That was when the guy died. He had a flaccid uh, thing. What do you want me to say? His I don't thang. know. So, I'm trying to keep it PG-13. So, so hanging dong for this man is, is not enough. This guy. He, he didn't want to hang the dong. He wanted... <laughs> He wanted the he wanted to point dong. Yeah, he, he don't want hanging dong. We're gonna listen. I'm just gonna say this right now. We, we have a parental advisory. After on our having, show. Yeah, having said all that, put the kids to bed now. After that we're gonna, one, we're gonna own. We're gonna own this one. When we did Fifty Shades, we put the sexy music in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. We might have to. We have to put a double advisory no, on this one. It's I, I just love. I just love that we talk about hanging dong and then talk about parental advisory. So good job. Yeah. Good job. It's a save. So he also did Starship Troopers and Hollow Man. I love Hollow Man, by the Hollow way. Hollow Man's a great movie. Um, IMDb, 7 out of 10, Drew. It's about right. Too low. Too low. Right, too low. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> too long? Too short? Too, too short. 
<laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 55%. Yeah, it's too, too low. low. Too low. Too low. Metacritic, 41%. That's way, way too low. low. Way too low. Maybe, mis- maybe, maybe seven's okay. Maybe seven's okay. For, for, yeah, seven's for a bit big for me. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know. it's about average, would you yeah, call it? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's slightly above average. <laughs> the mysterious Catherine Tramel Drew, a beautiful crime novelist, becomes a suspect when she is linked to the brutal death of a rock star. Is this guy rock star? Is he a metal guy, or is yeah. he like you know your you know rock and roll Rolling Stones type? I think he's like the old school. He he's not yeah. like Mark Wahlberg no. here from it, from Steel Dragon. Investigated by homicide detective Nick Curran, Catherine <laughs> seduces him into an intense relationship. Meanwhile, the murder case becomes increasingly complicated when more seemingly connected deaths occur, and Nick's psychologist and lover. <laughs> Beth Garner appears to be another suspect. Listen. Rated R. We're going to get into this, but just the line of Nick's, Nick's quote, psychologist, psychologist and lover. and lover. Like what? <laughs> this guy, man. He's, this, he's guy. Got a lot, this guy's got a lot, of, a lot of skeletons, a lot of skills in his Yo, claws. I, we, don't, we don't read a lot of reviews on this, but you, you talked about IMDb and Metacritic in particular, and I thought Metacritic was kind of low. So when we were doing the research for this, I clicked on the review. Something stood out. Something protruded, Drew. Yeah, I clicked on the review, and we used to pick on on Peter Travers way back in the old early days of the Last Row podcast. But he stood out to me, and I got I just got to read this to you because this review he gave it a seventy five. I'm assuming you know it's what it's pretty good three out of five or so, or three out of four or whatever. I don't know exactly how they scored it, but um, it says Peter Travers Rolling Stone. This film is for horny pups of all ages who relish the memory of reading <laughs> stroke books under the covers with a flashlight. Not not a flashlight, a flashlight. A flashlight. <laughs> has spent $49 million to reproduce that dirty little thrill on the big screen. And he likes it. So I'm assuming he's the one that's like, cool, it reminds him of his stroke books. Having said all that, three out of four stars. <laughs> no, but what is a stroke book, Drew? I never, never heard, heard of, of that term before. Like I can put the pieces together. <laughs> Who calls it that? Is this guy a psychopath? Who is this guy? You, I mean, I know you, who he is, but who is he? Did you look this up? I mean, did I, you look up? <laughs> I mean, let me Google stroke books real quick. Let me put on my incognito. Let yeah, me, you better. Don't, you know, don't be. You're going to get it. You know. Okay. You Google stroke books. You know what comes up, Drew? About a no thousand idea. links about actually recovering from a stroke. <laughs> No one's calling. No one. No one's calling what I'm assuming he's calling porno mags stroke books. This is like the the people. What year is this from? Yeah, ninety ninety two. I guess he wrote it. I don't know. He had the he had the audacity to put that. I mean, he was around when the noir films were new. They were not neo. They were just noir. (laughs) Neo. This guy's stroke books were in black and white. True. Yeah. He had to print him. He had to print him himself at the at the uh, the printing press. <laughs> anyway, oh my god! All right, let me get. I, was, I took us off the rails here. This Tag is going to be a great episode. <laughs> We're already off to a great start yeah. here. Taglines. We earned our rated R plus. This this podcast rated NC seventeen. Tagline: A seductive suspect and a cop who can't resist her. It's a stroke pod, Drew. If you think stroke about pod. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what that kind of podcast is. Do you think that exists? Are there podcasts? Never mind. Never mind. And you save, save it for the outro. Never mind. Oh my god! Oh, uh, uh, like a, a seductive suspect and a cop who can't resist her. Okay, not bad. 
I've seen worse. <laughs> a brutal murder, a brilliant killer, a cop who can't resist the danger. That's that's very early 90s. I'll take it. That's two for two. Flesh seduces, passion kills. You can't put the word flesh on a movie poster, so I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh, financials. Budget, $49 million estimated. What, what did the they spend the they money spend on, Drew? On? on the Ferraris? The, the Ferrari, the Lotus. She had a Lotus. On the, the Lotus? I remember you know the old need you know, for speed. You know, fun fact about me, I know nothing about cars. Every car that looks kind of fast to me is a Ferrari. Yeah, this was a Lotus. I'm like a two-year-old when it comes to po- pointing out fast cars. <laughs> oh, my God. Her her swanky, her awesome layer, which we'll talk that about beach during the scale, I mean, is Let's talk sweet. about the beach layer. We'll get to that later. That was pretty good. Yeah. Cumulative worldwide gross return estimated 352. That's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good Unless for a rated R 90s movie. I feel like I got to look that up. You got to fact check me. coming to the theater. They were coming to the theater. They, there was, they, they were coming there's to a, the There's theater. a lot of coming and going <laughs> in that theater. <laughs> there's a lot of it. <laughs> we're good. Anyway, I got, we got to keep moving. Awards. <laughs> Drew, I'm going to put a sex joke in every single yeah. spot of this. So, you know, just get just get used to it. Yeah, the funny thing about this, and I just got to tell the listeners here, is we, we, were, we were concerned about possibly doing the, the third estim- the third installment of Fifty Shades. Because we thought maybe it would get too raunchy, maybe it's been too long since we've done this, but mm-hmm. you know, Badway said, "Hey, do you want to do Basic Instinct?" And I said, "Shoot, yeah, it's a great movie. I'll do that." And then as I was texting him, he's like, "Man, I didn't know what I was getting into when we watched this movie." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it was a softcore porno, so we'll get to it. We'll get to I it. I mean, it definitely yeah. is. So, but I got yeah. some awards for you. Let's bring this one back. There's a really prestigious award that it was nominated for. It didn't win. It was nominated for Best Film Editing and Best Music for an Oscar, which is, Man, you know. I mean, uh, totally worth it. But I thought that, like, so, I mean, uh, first of all, I loved this movie. It was great. It was great. It was the first time I ever watched it. I thought it could have been an Oscar nominee. I thought it could have been. I really did. It was good. It was very good. And and, 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 and especially Michelle, and, uh, and Sharon Stone, especially. Well, there's a lot of trivia out there, and, and we have a bunch that, that talks about her not necessarily being the first choice for the actress for mm-hmm. this, and she was passed up like a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, like, why wasn't she considered for Best Actress? I know maybe it's maybe it's too raunchy of a movie for I 92. I think so. I really do. So yeah, I don't know what was nominated in 1992, but like the, clearly this had to have been in the conversation. I have it here. It's in 92, uh, Best Picture nominees were Prince of Tides, Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, mm-hmm. JFK, and it lost to Silence of the Lambs. All yeah. those. It totally could have fit in that category, but I do believe it was too many love scenes. Too much TNA, and the the Academy just couldn't take it. The Academy didn't want to be associated. They wanted to separate, I feel. I feel like Sharon Stone was just awesome in this movie. Yeah, she, she was, was great. so good. She, she was incredible at like she played the psychopath perfectly oh, yeah. she did a great job to the point where you really you actually didn't know if she was the killer or not yeah yeah there's a, a bunch of other prestigious awards that this thing won and we'll go oh, back yeah. to our favorites but back in in 93 because they do it after the mtv movie awards prestigious got the oh. golden popcorn thing this, uh, this the same year by the way they gave out a life achievement award to the three stooges so yeah. <laughs> if, if you were like 16 and under or maybe even older i don't even know where the age cutoff is but this was your award show, yeah. right? Back in the back of the nineties, back then, I watched the MTV Movie Awards. Didn't you? I'd go say, I'll say eighteen and under. If it was eighteen and under, the MTV Movie Awards were a huge deal. I know it sounds stupid now, but like back then, it that was. was it. It was. 
So she did win best female performance because they're okay with the lovemaking. Oh, they they're okay love with the, the lovemaking. They love it. And she beat Gina Davis from A League of Their Own. She beat Whoopi Goldberg from Sister Act. She Tough beat coppin'. Whitney Ooh. Houston from Bodyguard. Ooh. And she beat Demi Moore from A Few Good Men. What a murderer's row. Yeah. Murderers. That was some great performance. It's crazy, there. right? And yeah. and this is all with the fact that Michael Douglas was like against her being in this. He wanted an established star to play Catherine. And he wanted the, the other thing I saw on IMDb was he wanted two well-known actors to carry like the risk of the career damage and share it mm. for this if ah. it went south. So he wanted Demi Moore and Michelle Pfeiffer to play this, so but nobody wanted to go completely he, nude for the role. He wanted more uh, another set of famous butt cheeks to go along yes. with his butt cheeks. Exactly. So he didn't want to go at it alone, solo butt cheek. Exactly. I got it. I got it. <laughs> exactly. I, got it. I get it, but yeah. come on, buddy. Clearly, she was the right person for the role. She was awesome. And she yeah. also won Most Desirable Female. Yeah. And she beat Madonna, I, Michelle Pfeiffer, Halle Berry, and Kim Basinger. I don't know the I mean, movies for that. No disrespect to Demi Moore and Michelle Pfeiffer. They're, you know, they're pretty good. I don't know if they're, are they better actresses than Sharon no. Stone? Like, could they have pulled this role off? I don't know. I think Sharon Stone was like the perfect casting for this. Right place, right time. She right place, was right perfect. And she had like that psychopathic air about her but the kind of the beauty of hey she's just like a really well-off like rich person i just thought Mm -hmm. she nailed it yeah it was also nominated for a bunch of other stuff it was nominated for best movie it lost to a few good men and this is all mtv movie awards best Mm -hmm. male performance michael douglas he lost to uh, a little unknown actor named denzel washington for malcolm x oh that little movie okay sure and the one that i really thought that they they should probably be a little feeling bad about but they let Mm -hmm. they lost best on-screen duo Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas to Mel Gibson and Danny Glover wow. for Lethal Weapon 3. Well, you know, well, their love seed in Lethal Weapon 3 was pretty yeah. iconic. So. <laughs> they they had the, the chemistry. You got to give it to them, yeah. Who had better chemistry, Mel Gibson yeah. and Danny Glover or Sharon yeah. Stone and Michael, Michael Douglas? I mean, I mean, when they, when, I mean, they, they did more than just hang dong in Lethal Weapon 3, yeah. so there's, they there's were allowed to do more than hang, right? you know. <laughs> oh. So, Drew, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, you're the king of, you know, that guy from that thing. There were a lot of those guys from those things in this movie. And I, I wanted to document a few of them. And I know you saw some of these. Maybe you caught some of them. Maybe you caught all of them. But, uh, I mean, first of all, we got Newman. You know, we got Wayne Knight as the oh, yeah. DA. You know, Newman, et cetera. My alarms Probably were the going most off. famous. My yeah, alarms fi- were going off. The most famous that guy in this movie. We got Daniel Von Bargen, Drew. I don't know if you know who that is, but... I don't know who that is. He was Lieutenant Nilsson, a.k.a. Kruger from Seinfeld, recording character. Oh, okay. And also Chief Grady from Super Troopers. Yes, I know Chief Grady. Total that guy. Uh, Chelsea Ross, which is uh, Captain Talcott, a.k.a. Billy Bob Thornton's dad. This guy looks, to me, exactly like Billy Bob Thornton. I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> I thought it was him. I was like, wait a minute. It's too, it's too young of a movie. It can't be him. But it's also uh, the pitcher from Major League. The the guy who's like 75 years old. He's like Jamie yeah. Moyer, like times yeah. 10. Yep. yep. It's ridiculous how old that guy looked. He did not look like a pitcher. Yep. We got Stephen Tobolowski, who's uh, Dr. Lamont, a.k.a. Ned Ryerson, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> a.k.a. the guy who yeah. makes the box yeah. from from Silicon, yep. Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Quite famous. Quite famously, one of my favorite that guys, James Redhorn. I don't even know if I'm saying <laughs> that right. So he plays the doctor, and he's a.k.a. the bad guy from Independence Day. Um, was he the defense, secretary of defense? Yeah, yeah, he wanted to yeah. nuke everything, right? Yeah. He was like, we got to nuke him. A.k.a. don't make it a nightmare fucker. Triumphant return of that guy to our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. David Wells, uh, polygraph guy, is the pharmacist from Curb. <laughs> I remember that guy, yeah. And this is just for me. Mitch Pelligi, 
uh, who's an internal affairs investigator. He was the bad guy from the movie Shocker, which was not an erotic thriller, Joe. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror movie where that. it's a horror movie where where a guy where a a convict gets uh, put to death row, gets electrochaired, and becomes a ghost, and can travel <laughs> through electricity in and out of things. <laughs> I love it. I've never heard of this movie. In my I life. love this movie. I've never heard I can't, of this movie in my life. I can't remember who the the good guy is. Like I feel like it's Christian Slater, but if if it's not him, it's it's the guy that looks like Christian Slater. I have to look, from the look this up. I have to look this up. That other guy from that thing. But anyway, that that's there's a bunch of that guys from that things. And, oh my god! Um, yeah, my alarms that. were going off the whole time when we yeah. were watching this. Like especially with some of the random guys that we've seen on our show, especially James Reborn or Rebhorn. Oh yeah, like my alarm went off crazy. Yep. But He's in everything. I, I got to ask you with this movie, and, and I mentioned it in the beginning, we've got our mm. parental advisory flags way up, so we might go a little off the beaten path here. So thank you for, for bearing with us, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully we don't offend too many people. What kind of movie is this? Like, you mentioned the genre. Like, yeah, we know what kind of movie it is, but what is this movie? But what is this movie? Is it is it the movie equivalent? You know, he talked about stroke books earlier, but is it the movie, movie equivalent of one of those like romance novels that you get at the grocery store, the mm-hmm. ones that are at the checkout. Like, who do you bring to this movie? Do you go on a date that's, to watch this movie? That's a very good question. Like, go back to ninety two. Like, yeah. do you bring your girlfriend? Do you bring a girl you're on a first date with? Like, this oh. could be a minefield. No, 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 no. Okay, so I feel like it's gotta be first and foremost a. Maybe a husband and wife date movie or a so? long-term relationship movie. This is not a first date movie, I don't think. Yeah. Could get a little, you don't know who you're dealing with. You know, if you're a girl and you bring a guy, you don't know what he's into. If you're a guy bringing a girl, you might offend her. Yep. You don't really know. And I don't recall the trailer. Was the trailer explicit in what you were going to get out of this I movie? I didn't watch it, to be honest. I don't remember. Like, and, and, and in any event, you know the trailer's PG. Because, like, they can't show anything. So you don't know how far they're going to go in the movie based on the trailer. You take a first date to this movie, and all of a sudden there's 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 dongs flying, there's <laughs> boobs flying. It's, I mean, were there at least four sex scenes, right, Drew? Uh, at four, least four. Four at love least. scenes. Four it's, love scenes. You got to have at least at least one love scene in this. I mean, one. there's one love scene every half hour. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a porno, Drew. That is, that's the definition. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you, because... <laughs> You know, is this really just a very, very high budget adult yeah. film with, you know, a, like a Skinamax film, right? Yeah, with this, with yeah. like A-list actors. This was a Skinamax movie with a professional writer, director, and actors. Because it's Michael the same Douglas, thing. Michael Douglas isn't a nobody. Like, he he's riding high in this. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it gets to me thinking, like, you know, yeah, who do you bring to this movie? Like, if you and I, a couple of 30-somethings... Like, hey, you want to go, go watch Basic Instinct? <laughs> like, I don't think it's a buddy movie that you go take your buddies to. It is, it's it is, but it isn't. But I guess it is. Because maybe this had, like, the buzz, right? Where it's like, oh, man, I yeah. heard about Sharon Stone in this movie. There's boobs. Like, all these, like, you know, right. you're a young guy. It's like, you want to go see it. But, but there's no there's friends. no opposite effect. Like, do, I, and this is maybe this is a good question to, to ask about Michael Douglas. But, like, we're a bunch of the ladies going, oh, man, we got to see Michael Douglas. He's, I mean, you know, he, he's naked in this movie. <laughs> he, like it, is he is he that type of guy? Fun I don't fact: know. He had a contractual obligation, or they had a contractual obligation with him not to show full frontal. He refused to do it. 
Well, I no, mean, I think that's cowardly, man. He's yeah, I gonna think let, that. I think he. I think he's a. He must be a, a grower, not a shower. Gonna, and that's got to be it. He, he's gonna let <laughs> Sharon Stone do all the nudity, and he's not yeah. gonna take partake. I mean, come I on, think, man. Yeah, that, that's coward. It's coward. It's move, a cowardly. For sure. You're gonna. Yeah. You have an equal equal partnership here. I feel like yeah. he needed to. He needed to really jump mm-hmm. in there too and, and show it. I don't know what. What did you think? I'm talking about the love scenes, right? There's a lot of love scenes. I think you said at least four. Do you think they had good chemistry? Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. I mean, Michael Douglas is a pretty great actor. I go back and forth on if I like him or not. Like you know? as an actor or as a as a person? Like, or as a character? I mean, yeah, I mean, as, as, a, as an actor, as any movie he's in. Like, I don't think I'm a Michael Douglas fan. <laughs> but he's good. Maybe it's because he plays a lot of slime balls. I don't know. <laughs> I guess his newer his newer stuff he's not a slime ball. No, maybe I, I, the old ones. If you look at I this mean, this time period, he was in a lot of scummy movies. Yeah, I think of you know I think of uh, Wall Street when I think of him. Wall Street, like, Gordon Gecko. You know, he's Gordon Gecko. But no, yeah, I think he. I think obviously he's a great actor and he's committed. And I mean, he probably did a lot of takes. True, right? I mean, yeah, a lot of takes. Sharon Stone. I I make got sure some, it's right. I got some trivia here. The main love scene that they did. Took mm-hmm. five days to film. Which one was the main one? The I think it was the one, one where he gets scratched one? and he yeah. like screams like Solid yeah. Snake when he dies in Metal Gear. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but like, did it take five days to film? So I also saw too, uh, Paul Verhoeven, he filmed like intricate close-ups and every kind of angle possible so mm. he could continue to like trick the MPAA. Like he yeah. almost made it too dirty so yeah. that he could... Like you make it so dirty that they tell you to cut uh, a bunch of stuff, yep. and then he's kind of like, "Well, I didn't really want to make it that dirty." He's like, "Look, I, look, I made it better." So he's allowed to, yes. like, yeah. Okay, I see. That's he knew a good what move. he was that's doing. A, that's with a pro stuff. move. That's a pro move. And and this was back during the AIDS epidemic, yeah. so there was this mm-hmm. whole trivia thing where they had to wear genital pads. Ah. Like, when would they not wear genital pads and not make just an adult <laughs> like, adult like, film? Uh, yeah, if there if there was no genital pad mandate, then they. Were, just banging. I, I, I look, this movie's it's it's straight up an adult film in my yeah. opinion. It's yeah. it's got a good plot. It's a very very yeah. a budget high budget adult film in my in my opinion. But I'm yeah. not complaining about that either. No, if there were no genital pads, it would just be like that episode of It's Always Sunny where Dennis pitches. Look, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make a movie, but we're gonna have sex scenes and we're gonna show everything. <laughs> Don't you mean a porno? No, it's exactly. not like a porno. It's a real movie but we're going to show everything. That's what this was. That's what this would have been. And and before we get into the movie, I think we need to set this up because there's a lot going on, but there's also not a lot going on. And yeah. I think, you know, I'll say this right now. If you haven't watched this movie, I think you should. You should pause this and go watch it right now. It's on HBO Max. If you, if you don't mind spoilers, or if you don't want spoilers, but if you want and you don't mind spoilers and you want to listen to us talk, yeah. now's your last warning. But I yeah, think that way you got to describe what this is about. It's funny you say that because like this movie is 30 plus years old and I was on it. I have never seen it until just before doing this episode. And I, ne- I, it was not spoiled for me in 30 years. Like I didn't try to like hide from it or anything. So it's worth not knowing what's going on going into it. It's but a really anyways. good movie. Yeah. It's a really good movie. So in order to make the rest of the episode coherent, I just kind of in a nutshell, going to wrap it up. So where we have a detective, Nick Curran, who's played by Michael Douglas. He, is investigating a murder of a rock star. Come to find out the murder was done exactly as described in this like erotic novel that Sharon Stone's character has written. And Sharon Stone happened to be the girlfriend of this guy who was brutally murdered. Mid-coitus, might I add. Yes. Mid-coitus. 
It was actually the very first scene of the movie was a very explicit sex scene between her and this guy. Or we don't know if it's her or not because they don't show her face. But anyways, so the movie is about why would this woman murder somebody exactly how she described it in the book, therefore implicating herself. That's crazy. It would never happen. So then it's the whole cat and mouse game of did she do it? Didn't she do it? Michael Douglas flying too close to the sun. And it, we deep. go on. Yeah, he gets in too deep. He gets wrapped up and we go from there. So that's basically the long and short of it. Did I get that right, Drew? You did. You did. And I think yeah. we could talk about the characters. You, you summed up the plot pretty well. I think we'll talk about the ending a little bit later. Yeah. Because there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie. There's, like I said, if, you, if yeah. you haven't watched it, you should. It's a good movie. And then there's the scene that, you know, the scene, the interrogation scene that we alluded to in the very beginning of the movie. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah. But I think let, let's start with Nick because you mentioned you're, you're not sure whether you're a Michael Douglas fan. Mm. There's There was a lot of controversy on whether he was too old for this role. Mm. And I, I got to thinking like, who else could they have used if this is 1992? And mm. I looked up, you know, I, I typed in a Google, uh, you know, 90s leading men. I want to get a good list. And I got a list of names here and I'll just rattle some off for you. You tell me Wild if me. they would have done a better job for the role of Nick Curran or Nick Curran. Wild me, Drew. Johnny Depp. No, too young. Too babyface. Bruce Willis. He could have done it. He could have yeah. done it. Yeah. But well, he's you, just as old as Michael Douglas, though. He, he kind of, but, I, and he had hair at this point, I guess, in 92. Eh, he didn't have as good a hair as Michael Douglas, though. <laughs> but the ladies, the, I think the ladies love Bruce Willis more than they love Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, I don't know, Michael Douglas has that scummy, like, the deep voice. Yeah. What about uh, Keanu Reeves? Too young, too babyface. Babyface. Yeah. Nick Nick Cage. And I know I don't want to say joke Nick Cage. I mean, this is no. 92 like respected actor Nick yeah. Cage. So he's interesting because he's the right age, because he's probably like mid-30s at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he's a sex symbol. I don't think he can play sexy. At that time, Not I don't well. know. He could have done it, but uh, even though he's youthful, I w- I wouldn't consider him a sex symbol. What about George Clooney? What was he doing in 92? Is he too young? You know, was you know he how even I feel a thing George in 92? Clooney. Was he in ER in 92? You, you know how I feel about it. Let's move on from him. Yeah, you fuck know him. How I, yeah. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Interesting. He's coming off I of like John, him. John Morrison. He played John Morrison. Yes. You can pull that off. I, I like, he I like Val Kilmer. He I think worked. he would do a good job. Yeah. Brad Pitt. He might could have worked too. He might have been around late 20s at this point, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. I, he was, he was, he just did Thelma and Louise, I think at this point. So he was kind of a baby face. So maybe mm-hmm. he's too young. I don't know. Yeah. What about Denzel Washington? Well, maybe if he wasn't shooting Malcolm X. That's true. <laughs> he was a little busy. Malcolm he was a little X. busy at the time. And then I think you mentioned this one earlier, Charlie Sheen. I think Charlie Sheen's my pick. Maybe he's too young, but no, because five years or so removed, three years, four years removed for a major league, get a little scruff, maybe, maybe grow a little five o'clock shadow. That would have been good, but yeah, I think you need an old guy to be this cop, right? I was just going to say, there's something that you need about a guy to be scummy. And and we need to talk about this guy of one being, you know, what level of scum is he in? How much (laughs) muck is he in? What, what level of scum does he have? And, and how bad of a detective is this guy? Yeah. And you're right. You need this sort of like so, older scumbag guy. So we're, we're going to go over his crimes and misdemeanors. Yes. Ethics, ethics violations and whatnot to prove that in order for this character to work, he needs to have some experience of being a bad cop and a bad person to, to make the role work. I want to take him 
Let's 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 bust out. We're gonna we're gonna take him through the last oh. row internal affairs department. Wow, here. the inaugural. We gotta we gotta get the we gotta get the ethics board out. We're gonna we gotta review him. We're talking about bad cops. Call up IA man. We're yep. gonna get the IA. You know, and, and it's funny because throughout this movie, like this guy is not a good guy, and, and he's he's literally being investigated by internal affairs in the movie. <laughs> and it's like they're making it out to be like IA are the bad guys, and like I get that you know if you're a cop you don't want to be investigated by IA, but this guy did some bad stuff. He wasn't yeah. like innocent yeah, here because. You know what? The internal investigation, it's their job to get in the way of you doing your job. They got to police the police. But if they're on your ass, there's probably a pretty good reason for it. Yeah. I mean, what what yeah. did this guy do? Let Go through, like, what was his background? Oh, he had what, some what checkered past. What didn't he do? First of all, his wife killed him, killed herself. That's number one. Do we one. know why? Did they ever say why? I, I think Sharon Stone's character alluded to it kind of as a way to hurt him. Yeah. But I feel like it might have been in re- regards to his crimes most notably him accidentally killing civilians what, which i what think that happened about? more than once they said that, oh they're tourists they're in the way what was that about what what <laughs> did that even mean i didn't understand like did he accidentally do it or were they implying that he did it because he was reckless like they said he was all drugged up yeah so was it so, an accident so he was a drunk and he was uh, a uh, he was on coke i don't know if at the time of pulling the trigger i doubt he'd stole up his badge <laughs> if that were the case but, you know, he's in a messed up frame of mind, you know. But were they really clear about who he killed and how he killed them? Like, they was he, was he trying was to shoot a robber or somebody, a killer who was running away and he someone accidentally jumped in front? Like, I don't think it was that. It's I think it was a, someone was reaching for a gun or, or they're reaching in their pocket and he thought it was a gun. He's got a gun. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> he's got a gun. Am I wrong? Am I misremembering? I, I don't. I don't recall. I need to screenshot the newspaper clipping that she had because it, it said something on there. I'd have to go but, back and look at it. I don't remember. Either way, both are terrible. Like you need to be in control of your weapon, sir, when you're a police officer, and not you know have your coke binge on your brain while you're gunning after somebody. And I didn't know if he was drinking and doing coke because his wife killed herself, or that was a result of this the happening. Chicken or the egg? It's the, the chicken. Chi- the chicken or the egg? Either way, he was going to find his way to some coke and and yeah. some alcohol, a double blackjack, and all yeah. all that stuff. But what do they do? They send him to internal affairs, and they 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 send him to a psychiatrist mm. who he starts sleeping with. So he starts having relations with the psychiatrist. So it's a lot of love scenes. I mean, this guy is just. A terrible person and cop. Let me ask you this. How is this okay? But because they didn't hide this from the department. Let me let me tell you that. They didn't hide it. Like no. it wasn't a secret. He was sleeping with it's, his psychiatrist. I'm sorry to put blame. It's more on her. She needs to so? know better because she's the more professional person of the two. Well, and he 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 was sort of like I mean, I don't know. He forced himself on her, so it was kind of weird. Mm. I don't know. But there's, there needs to be a line, because why would they believe anything that she says? So if Internal Affairs says, hey, yeah. go get a psych evaluation. And she he can't starts, do it. Exactly. Yeah. She can't do it anymore if she's romantically involved. She's romantically involved. And, yeah. and they sort of allude to it later when she has the mm. other two guys that he chews out later in the movie. Yeah. There's a scene in the movie, not to go scene by scene, but she brings in extra help because she can't convince mm-hmm. him anymore. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, oh, I finally got some extra guys to try to convince you. Mm-hmm. Why was that not the first move yeah. here? Hey, I'm sleeping with my psychiatrist who's on on the hook to clear me. Take her through the eth- ethics violation yep. board. Mm-hmm. Where's the internal affairs yeah. for the psychiatrist 
you know, bored here. She should be stripped of her, her practice. And it's a shame because he probably needs a stable person in his life. And she seems for all intents and purposes, like a good person, right? Yeah. So she seems like good for him. If not for the fact that it's clearly an ethics violation for them to be in relations. What, was it a good match? Let me ask you this. Did they, did they seem like a good No. Couple? Well, unless one of them loses their job, it's not a good match. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> professionally, professional aside, like, did they seem like they had good chemistry with each other? Did they seem like, like he liked her? No, it seemed like she liked him more than he liked her. I agree. Didn't it? Like, I think of the one therapy scene when uh, he was basically, you know, saying, this is bullshit, blah, 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 get me out of here. And he goes and walks away. And she goes, you know, I still miss you. And like, you can see in his legs that he pauses for, I don't know, a hundredth of a second. <laughs> and then keeps bolting towards the door, just doesn't turn around. And that's, not, that's how you know who has the power relationship right there. He, he did not give he a left her hanging, flying F. He doesn't, he he doesn't hang give. dong, but he no. hangs love. He hangs he, it. He hanged her. He did, man. Hanged her out he to did dry. He not care. And mm. it's funny because if you look at the relationship that he has with her, and Sharon Stone's character has with Michael Douglas, it's sort of this reverse mirror type thing yeah. where she's really into him. He's not really into her. He's using her. And Sharon Stone's using Michael Douglas's character, which we'll get to in a bit. But it's this weird mirror relationship. And yeah. I liked how they did it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was genius. I yeah. liked it. It's like she's chasing the bad boy and then he's the bad boy chasing the badder girl. The even badder girl. Yeah. So he, he like... Like everyone's looking for something more exciting. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that is a little more exciting than sure. <laughs> sure. sleeping with your, your psychologist. Yeah. What, what about, what about some of the other things that he did? So I want to ask you, what, what do you think of his driving? Oh man, you know, yeah. Great, greatest driver ever. He only, you know, endangered the lives of pretty much everyone on route one that day that he decided <laughs> to quote unquote tail Sharon Stone. <laughs> You just describe the scene for people. Like, just describe it. So, okay. Sharon Stone has a beach house. It's secluded, you know, down Route 1, you know, way up the mountain. So then he decides he's going to go tail her and her Lotus, which is, to me, is a Ferrari, as we said. <laughs> her Ferrari Lotus? Her Ferrari Lotus. It's, it's a rare. It's a rare one. She has a black one and a white one, Drew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sweet car. So she, like... Now... Do you think she knows he's tailing her or this is how she drives on a daily basis? No, I think she knew. She starts weaving in and out of, of, of one lane traffic, you know, just getting, you know, switching lanes illegally to just go faster, go faster, go faster. And he's following her in this, I don't know, was he drive a Chrysler? Like, what (laughs) is this thing? Oldsmobile. It's an Oldsmobile, like a typical cop mobile that is not fast at all from 1992. It's a box. Big big bucket of metal is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) and he's like barely keeping up with her. (laughs) Meanwhile, the point is he's supposed to be tailing her incognito. (laughs) He's just cutting in and out of traffic, (laughs) endangering lives of the tractor trailer drivers and the families going on a nice drive. It's like, he might as well have just knocked on her door and said, Hey, I'm following you. Where are you going? Because she like immediately, you know, you're being tailed. If you're driving recklessly and the person behind you is also driving so recklessly. If if you've never seen Route One, by the way, I, I mean most people I would assume have. It's like on the side of a cliff in California, right? So it's it's not a wide road by any means. It's no. a very dangerous. No, it's road. a one lane road. 
it's you're not gonna you can't be passing people yeah, there. It's twisting and turning up a mountain too. It's yes. like if you if you go off road of Route One, you're dead. It's I over. Mean, <laughs> is it fair to say that of all the movie the movies that we've watched, we can hand out an award right now? Mm. He's the worst driver, worst he's, worst tail in yeah, movie history of, yeah, of worst the last tail in movie history. I mean, he's in the he's in the worst um, cop. Him and Steven Seagal are like one A and one B <laughs> when it comes to quietly scoping out your suspect. How about like the fact that you know we joked last last episode on Steven Seagal driving over the train? Tracks. Yeah, this was worse than that. This was Dude, worse than that. Not only that, he was driving up the streets of San Francisco yeah. and he was driving up the sidewalk, but he was dri- he was driving <laughs> upstairs. Like <laughs> he drove upstairs. Man. How did he do that? Like, oh man, it's like unnecessary. I mean, he gets her girlfriend murdered by his reckless yeah. driving. Yeah, he gets he gets he gets her. Uh, by the way, Sharon Stone has a girlfriend in the movie. It's not a big deal. It's whatever. But <laughs> she's in it. But it, it, she could have not been in it, and it didn't matter. Dude, and she's she's she drives off a cliff because of him, this because guy, of his driving. This guy, like, so, and he was on probation at this time. So during this, mm-hmm. is how bad of a cop this guy is. So he's on probation during this whole part. He's getting like just so much collateral damage. This yeah. girl's chasing him. He's chasing her. They're going back and forth. She drives off the side of basically what the freeway into yeah. the into the the river there in L.A. I, I mean, not not to not to gloss over Roxy, poor Roxy, but like she is the girlfriend of Sharon Stone, who is kind of I don't know. Would you say obsessed? Yes, to the point of jealousy, and she's yes. trying to knock off Michael Douglas in order to be alone with Sharon Stone. I mean, he was rubbing but, it in her face. Yeah. But it almost didn't have to be there. It's kind of a unnecessary extra plot, I guess, in order to give a swerve yeah. to like faking out, like, could this girl be the murderer? That kind of thing. It, but it worked no one well. ever believed it. No one believed it. It, it was the, what do they call it? Red herring? Or yeah, red herring. It, it, it was an unbelievable red herring. It, it was yeah. very much a, a distraction and, yeah. and it worked. Like I didn't fall for it the first time. But I felt like I could have seen why someone might have because they really mm. did paint the picture like it could. Yeah. But I think the main crime that this guy is just completely just guilty of yeah. is m- making love to the main suspect in a homicide case. <laughs> oh, what man. is he doing? First of all, is that illegal? Is that like, is there a legal thing it's, about that? It's certainly an ethics or violation. Or is it, an e- is it just ethics? I mean, this guy is like if you worst. have a legitimate murder suspect and you're a police officer, is there a, is there a crime against, you know, he was talking he was talking about how he went undercover. And I think that's how you're bringing me back to when he got those other people killed. The tourists, he said he mm-hmm. was undercover. Yeah, I think he like thinks he's still undercover. You could here. say, hey, I'm undercover. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get in there. And I'm but, gonna- he <laughs> but he wasn't. He was a cop. Like he, unless there was a genius move. They put him I on mean, probation like fake. Like, I mean, they they made love, and the next day he goes, you know, that was great, but I'm still gonna get you. I'm still like I'm still gonna pin you for this murder. <laughs> like he, I I just don't understand what the hell this guy's doing. Yeah. Like he and his yeah. partner doesn't either. His mm. partner's like, oh my like, god, you did he, that? Yeah, he's flying way too close to the sun. He thinks that he can have his cake and eat it too, have the time of his life, and still pin her for this murder that he, you, that he totally thinks she did, which is kind of obvious that she did. Let me tell you, man, this. He's not even on her level. This son like, of a bitch. He thinks he thinks he's going to get her. This poor she, fool. She's way too smart and way too cunning for him. I mean, think about it. Look, he he has the, he he makes love to her, right? We'll, we'll mm-hmm. just, I'll try to be PG-13 here. Yeah. He makes love to her. 
in a, in creates a, in all a, the love in a crazy scene. It, it's a crazy <laughs> scene, right? And he gets his back scratched and all this stuff. And he has the audacity to go down to the beach, like walking around with his like wide, you know, <laughs> big, big, uh, big Johnson walk here, big dog walking down on the beach, <laughs> swinging his dog around, saying like he he thinks he rocked her world. Yep. He calls it the F of the century, but he yep. thinks he created it. Like, is he out of his mind? Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, he goes, what is the F of the century? What does she say? She goes, eh, it was all right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you thought that was so great? Okay, yeah. buddy. Okay, Nick. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of his biggest flaws is he thinks he's the he's the cock of the walk, for lack of a better term, right? It's, I mean, this guy's crazy. He thinks he rocked her world. What does he think he did to her, without getting into it, mm-hmm. that... She hasn't, she even said it. Nothing. You think I've never done that True. before? I mean, to paint the picture to the audience who hasn't seen the movie, maybe in 20 years or hasn't seen the movie at all, he's on his back, all right? <laughs> Not only is he on his back, his hands are tied to the bedpost. Yeah, that's He it. is doing nothing extra. He did nothing. <laughs> he's, and he's, he's just there. He's he like, might man. as well be a toy for her. He, the greatest she day of is, his life. Yeah. And it's Tuesday for yeah. her, right? Yeah. You said that before the show. You said that before the show. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm giving yeah. you credit. She ambisoned him big time. She did. She was yeah. like, yeah, whatever. He's it like, was oh, the, it was the F of the yep. century. It was the F of his century, but for her, it was Tuesday. I just, sure. I can't believe it. I, I think he's in over his head. Who has the upper hand here at this point? I mean, it's clear that she has the upper hand, just like he has the upper hand in the psychiatrist relationship. It's exactly, it's, it's, it's a mirror. It's the, it's the mirror for sure. But Drew, I got to, and you don't have to answer this. I'm just going to ask the question. <laughs> So the calling card, I mean, the murder that is described in the book and that is done to this rock star in the beginning of the movie that we're investigating happened in the bed where a guy yes. is on his back, hands tied to the bedpost with a, with a you know, a satin sheet or whatever. A white scarf, I think white it was scarf. or something. White it's like a very scarf. specific one. Yeah. So she pulls this out during the lovemaking between her and Michael Douglas and he lets her do it. Yeah. So this is this is a life risking things that he's he allowing to live right on now. The edge, man. All I'm asking you is, Drew, is could it get any better than that? <laughs> to risk to risk it all like that and get away with it. That's that's why he liked it. That was why it was the F of the century. That's why it was the F of the century. He was on the edge of death. Yeah. Like that's why it was so good for him. It was the dumbest move of all time. It's yeah. like go it's like driving drunk. It's <laughs> like no, like you should not allow this. He probably should have got, got away there. with it. It must be like driving drunk and parking safely in your parking parking. He garage. probably should have got the hell out of there in that yeah. moment, and but yeah. he couldn't. I mean, he was too deep. So it must have been beautiful. <laughs> so the other thing I didn't mention this here, right? We talked about him walking around swinging his his dong dong swinging after this scene. He's in there and he's he's so like. He couldn't believe what just happened. And he has to go get a drink of water. And he walks in. And you mentioned Roxy earlier. Yeah. Roxy walks in. He's standing there fully nude. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, most men would stand there and they would be a little embarrassed. They would feel like, you sure. know what? Ooh, He's sorry. trying to yeah. establish dominance. He yeah. like stands his legs even wider. Mm-hmm. You know, she don't want to look at that. Get out of here, Michael Douglas. He's a man spiraling out of control at this point. Really. He says He's- to her, can I talk to you man to man? Like, get the heck mm-hmm. out of here. Like he tried to amog her. He definitely tried to amog her. He was, and yeah. and she was having none of this crap. Mm-hmm. And and I just this guy, man, he deserves to get what's coming to him. Mm-hmm. He's living on the edge. He's so deep mm-hmm. in this, man. He gets his partner murdered because of this crap. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Be, so she blatantly tells him, "Oh, you know, 
my next novel is about a, is about a cop who falls for the wrong woman and gets murdered. Like she tells him that in the first time, the first day she ever met him. Yeah. She had printouts of all about his life. She knew yeah. everything about yep. him. She, she was researching him as the cop who falls for the wrong woman, quote unquote, as she says, and dies at the end. And he's going along with all of this. And the, the fact that he's going along with it all means that she gets to, you know, f- more infiltrate his life. And in ipso facto, gets his captain, his lieutenant and his partner murdered. If he would have never have like gone forward with this and just investigated it like a sane, normal detective, those guys would not have died. Yo, imagine if the psychiatrist just put him on leave and didn't sleep with him and he didn't sleep with her. She would have done her job. None of this would have happened. Yeah. Now let me ask you a tough question here. Put yourself Mm. in his shoes. Okay. Would you do it? Would you go this deep in? Would you do it? Why not? Let's do it. You would? Yeah. (laughs) Could you handle it? Sure. No. Could you hang with her? No. Not at all. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be getting murdered with an ice pick? No. With a white scarf Not on only, your neck? It wouldn't even get that far, Drew, because I would have disappointed her so badly <laughs> the, that like, she would have just like kicked me out. But and you, then she would, would have you? found another cop to write the book about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, I guess he did something right. She didn't kick him out completely. Unless yeah. she was like, she invested too much by this point. Yeah. It was just yeah. whatever. He was, he was coked up, Drew. I mean, that he does was. things. It, it's, he was. It's, it's a performance enhancer. She said that. I mean, she said yeah. it as much, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about her a little bit. Are you ready to talk about her? Should we, should we talk about I'm her? I'm always ready to talk about her. Are you ready? Catherine Trammell. So she's a novelist, right? She's this, you mentioned it in the beginning. She inherited like $100 million of her parents' oh, money yeah. when she's they filthy died. Rich. She's filthy rich. Filthy rich. Like what? What is her claim to fame, and and how does she how does she keep this up? Because she's writing these books. Didn't seem like she had that many. She inherited this money from her parents when they died. Is what they said. Was it her parents, or was it was she in the will of one of of, of the boxer? That it was both. So well, was she wasn't in the will of the boxer. Her parents. They said her parents died, and so she inherited that money. Okay, she had it a was trust the fund basically. It was like one hundred and ten million dollars. The boxer was famous, and the boxer also. But I don't think she had anything to do with the boxer's death. The boxer died in the ring, but he died maybe, in the she, ring. maybe she drugged him. Maybe, maybe she. she yeah, maybe, maybe she, she weakened his heart. Maybe she did. Maybe 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 she made love to him right before the fight, and he and he was weak. What do know. you think? What do you think of her her whole strategy of writing the book to get away with maybe creating some type of alibi before it happens? I mean, to me, that sounds like a villain scale question, and I think it's genius. It, it is genius. It is because, genius because, as she says, like in our intro and during the interrogation scene, what am I, an idiot? Do you think I'm stupid? I why would I implicate myself? It's just fiction. It's like it's like blaming any rapper for like boasting about crimes in their rap lyrics. It's like it's fiction. Like you can't pin this on. Why me. would I put that in my? Song? Why would I, I put that? What? Why would I put that? It's it's clearly made <laughs> she up. She even says that. Yeah. We we need to. I want to see how she's going to do on the villain scale. We have to see it because I think she's going to break it. This is my my possible, speculation here. Possible broken scale. Yeah. But before we do it, I think there's a way to segue into this. We got to talk about the scene you mentioned in the beginning, the interrogation scene. Oh yeah. It's like the most iconic it's scene like of the nineties. It's what you know. It's like I never saw this movie, but I know exactly what this movie is by that scene. By her dress, by the crossing legs thing. It's like, it's Newman sweating. All it's the guys all, sweating. All of, all of that. It's like, it's it's totally, it's it's pop culture. It's it's forever. It's like talking about, I think in, I forgot what movie we were talking about recently where you said they build tension. This mm-hmm. movie does a great job of building tension. And I feel like that scene oh. in particular yeah. 
had so much tension in it. She absolutely, not to quote Morgan Freeman, but she had the upper hand there. Oh yeah, she got the upper hand now. She she really did, and she turned she topsy turvied that. She turned it mm. back to them. Yeah, she owned their life. She in that owned scene. everyone uh, just by like just by her glares and her stares, and it didn't matter what they were asking. Like she had the right answer for everything. She's a what isn't she? Um, she she was a trained like psychi- she's, psychologist, she's a psychology major, major as well as a novelist, an English major. She's a double major in, at Berkeley, so she has great education. She's clearly a genius level IQ. It's just, it's one of those things where you just admire her, her acting because I felt intimidated and I had nothing to do with the scene. And it was 27, 28, 29 years ago. You know what I mean? I like how she singled out Michael Douglas's character, like throughout that whole scene. She picked yeah. that he was going to be the guy yeah. that she wanted to mess with mm-hmm. in that scene. She knew. And yeah. the way well, that all those people were questioning her and she kept yeah. turning it on them was awesome. Like, I even looked up the script. I, I looked up the actual script of this movie online before we did this. And I was reading like the, not just the, the, the lines, but the director notes as well. The, well. I don't know what they call them, the production notes, whatever. And like every, after every sentence, it's pretty much, she locks eyes with, with Michael Douglas. She locks eyes with him. She does not stop gazing. Now he's gazing at her. She's staring at him while answering other people's questions. Like she's definitely trapping him right then and there. And it even happened before then, like on the car ride over where she first, she asks him for a cigarette Mm -hmm. and he says, no, I don't have one. Then she pulls one out anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And then she off. And then he tells her, Oh, you know, I I quit smoking. And she, and then she offers him one anyway. It's like a total power move. And then she's like, Oh, you you won't be for long. And she was like predicting his spiral. So Mm -hmm. she was the reason she knew mm-hmm. this guy was a target yeah. and she identified him. And yep. just the way that that interrogation scene unfolded, she kept putting it back on him. And I mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. And the fact that she shrugged the lawyer off was a total power move too. Yeah. She's like, I don't need a lawyer. What do I need a lawyer yeah. for? I didn't do anything wrong. Why would mm-hmm. I, she even says it. Why would I write about how I would murder somebody in my book? That'd be yep. silly. And it's just, it's like, you start to believe her. You're like, yeah. well, you know what? Maybe she's right. Like, you know, yeah. she's guilty. And it's like the, the fact that like the, like the, the male female dynamic, the sex symbol, her uncrossing her legs, like it just like it just ruined them. It ruined she had all so of them. Much they, power. They, they didn't know what to do, really. Like they were they were all stammering after that. Bumbling idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about a murder investigation, a brutal murder. And like the murder is sitting right in front of them, and they kinda know it, but they can't prove it yet. Well, yeah. And they just botched the entire the entire thing. When I like how the one guy's like, "Oh yeah, we believe you. We we uh-huh. believe you." <laughs> like yeah. the Billy Bob's dad, mm-hmm. you said that guy. Yeah. But let's let's put her through the villain scale because I think I think she's she might be at the top here. No, we'll I don't see, know, but the the score is predicted to be high, Drew. So, so it, it, is she is she Slicker Man from I Know What You Did Last Summer? High? <laughs> we don't know. We'll have to find out. I don't even remember what his score was. I gotta yeah, look it up. I don't know. I'm t- I keep saying this every week, and I'm too lazy to go back and do it. But I have a spreadsheet already started with the scores. No. I just got to publish it. We're gonna do it as as like an anniversary episode very episode soon. Right, eighty seven now. So maybe maybe episode ninety, maybe episode one hundred. We'll see. We'll see. If people want it. Let, we'll write see. in. Let us know. Lastwordpodcast at gmail.com. If you're new to the show, villain scale. If you're not new to the show, you know this. But if you're new to the show, we got four categories: look and style, hideout and layer, plan, and henchman. And that's a one to five scale, total out of 20. We have some weird things that we put in here now recently about diabolicalness or di- <laughs> whatever the word is, how diabolical Diab- they are. I like that diabolicalness. Diabolicalness. But I want to take her systematically through this. And I, I have some very strong thoughts on this, but 
I think we can easily come to a consensus on this one. Sure. Her look and her style. So normally we say, do they have ponytail, any accessories? Like, she's, she's got to be so high so, on this, right? So let me ask you, Joe. We don't, there, uh, the movies we've had so far, I don't know if this might be the first female villain. I think maybe it might second, be. maybe third. Let me ask you. Now, obviously, females can have ponytails. In fact, they um, are more likely than not to have ponytails yeah, than men. True. But if we're talking about ponytail in the evil aspect, yeah. is her hair being done up in the interrogation scene? Is that equivalent to to the to the male it ponytail? Sort of was, and I feel like it was. You know, I'm trying to think of like movies where they have uh, like like women with the hair gel in and it's like slick back. Oh yeah. You know, yep. we always talk about dripping ponytails. Oh, like like Jamie Lee Curtis from True Lies. Where yeah. it's like she's she's Natasha. She puts or, her or, hair. Or, she gets the Doris. wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's villainous. That is villainous. It was villainous, and yeah. I, I agree with you. She did. She just in general, her whole look and style, like her cars. She drove a Lotus, right? The Lotus yeah, she, Ferrari. The Lotus Ferrari. Sure. She, <laughs> she drove <laughs> Ferrari Lotus Edition, yeah. and she had you know just the white outfit. Like mm-hmm. she changed, and again, speaking about power move. She like openly changed. She knew they yeah. were going to look at her. Michael Douglas was yeah. watching her change. So it's funny. Like she was wearing something kind of stylish, kind of sexy when yeah. she answered the door. And she goes, well, let me put in something a little more appropriate and yeah. put an even shorter dress on. Yeah. And she did it openly to yeah. make sure that they saw her get naked. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She had an awesome style. She had the, the well, I guess we could talk about the layer, like her mm-hmm. digs, her place where she yeah, lived, but just in general. Yeah. She, she had... You the scarf thing going on. What do you think about hairstyles? Does the ice pick count towards the look and the style? Is that this a murder weapon? I guess I mean, that's, that's maybe under plan. Plan, maybe it could be plan. But I think her style is she's a novelist. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good, mm. you know, career. I feel yeah. from like a look and style standpoint, mm. she's she's got to get a high score here, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm not gonna flat out give her a five because I think she didn't have enough accessories. I mean, the car was pretty hot. But I, I am willing to go four or four point five here. She she had the money. Let let's go four because we can't we can't unless, let her break the scale. Unless you want to override the, me with a five. If you no, feel I'll go four. Okay. I think it's very high, but it's not a hundred percent because she didn't have that much. Yeah, she was lacking it. Like the car is close, but like there was nothing that was over the top. Like damn, like like she wasn't coming out and like. I don't know, a jacket with a tiger on the back of it. Like, That's I mean, true. Something, you know what I mean? There wasn't this she, she one that. thing where that like set it above the rest. Like the Seagal jacket, the bomber yeah. jacket. But but she did, but, I don't know, are we putting like the, we, I mentioned like jokingly, the diabolicalness, does that go under look and style? I forgot how we landed on that. I don't know, I just feel like it can be an overall bonus point. She's devious. There are no rules here. Yeah, there's no rules. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. go with the four. Let's, let's stick with the four. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about her hideout and her layer. So what's her accommodations like? Oh my God, that beach house, Drew? I, I mean, I thought to myself, it's like, man, I wonder how much that costs right now. Who's living in that house right now? She had multiple residences too. Yeah. It wasn't just that. She's yeah, like, and oh, she had like, she had like the, I thought it, at first I thought she was a sex worker. Like, because I didn't know, I didn't know anything about this movie. Like, yeah, they don't tell And Michael you. Douglas rolled into where, where Roxy was living and was looking for, for Sharon Stone. And she's like, oh, she's not home. She's, she's at the beach. And I thought, what is it like? Did the rock star die because of a call girl? Like, is this a call girl thing? Like, that's the kind of house that she, like, that's her house too. It's a regular <laughs> like, house. It's a regular house, like in regular downtown San Francisco or wherever. It's, it's so, yeah. crazy. And she had that, I guess you could count the cars and stuff towards this too, because they're part of the accessories oh. to the house. And the, the, the house. dock, 
the dock with the chair, it's like, that's beautiful. I would live there she, in a second yeah, and watch, the, like watch in, the waves crash against the rocks. Monterey or something. I don't yeah. know where the hell she was. She, somewhere yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, like, walk, you gotta walk go Walk down to a this. pristine beach, private beach. That's a five. Five, right? I mean, it's not no even doubt close. About it. No Absolutely. doubt about it. It's a five. So let's let's get into her plan because this plan is I, it's pretty complicated, mm, but and, also very simple. And it makes sense. And I, you know, I hate to do it. I mean, I, I don't hate to do it, but dare I say a five? Oh, it's absolutely a five. I'm not right? even going to argue on that. She's created a way to get away with murder. Like normally our bad guys are pretty dumb and yeah. they have plans for no reason or don't know how to execute them. It's not really premeditated. It's but like, I mean, writing about your murders and then doing them and then saying, what am I, an idiot? I wouldn't implicate myself. Like, that's the perfect crime. And and the it's way that crime. she strung along everybody and she got yeah. new victims, like she knew she wanted to get Nick, right? Yeah. She knew she wanted yeah. Michael Douglas. So she started to try to make him fall in love with her. Oh, yeah. She seduced him. She She knew he had flaws. She... Knew that he wasn't drinking, smoking, or doing coke, and she got him off the wagon on Dude, all of those. She found out everything about this guy's life yeah. and exploited yep. it. Mm-hmm. Like that's diabolical to me. Like she's she's yeah. up there, man. Mm-hmm. And and who knows how many murders? Like her parents died. We don't think it was her. I mean, I don't yeah. think it was her. I don't think but it was her. But it could. What been. about what about the professor? Yeah. So back in college, she had a professor that died, and she, and not to mention she pins all this stuff on somebody else. Yeah. She definitely killed that professor. I don't care. We don't know. We don't know many details, but uh, it fits her character. And, and sure. the way that she manipulates the situation to make it seem like the psychiatrist was actually the one and took yeah. the fall, mm-hmm. like genius, genius level intellect. Genius. It's absolutely a five. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, speaking of manipulating uh, Michael Douglas, before we get off of plan, like, do you want to talk about that club scene real quick? Yeah, we, I, like, <laughs> the deepest V-neck that would have made deepest. Of V's. <laughs> like a sweater. This guy shows yeah. up to a club, like a 90, 1992 club, wearing like Wrangler jeans, penny loafers penny with the loafers. pennies in them, and a deep V-neck sweater. Like the casting department yeah. or, or the costume department, I, they should have yeah. won an Oscar for that, for making that yeah. realistic because he looked like so out of place. He looked yeah. like a dad. He, and the way his hair was slicked back, he looked like dad just got out of the shower. Yeah. And like, went to pick up his daughter. Like, did he club. think that that was what people were wearing there? I or? think that I think that V sweater was the most stylish thing he had in his closet, which isn't saying much, but it's all he had. Like, I don't I don't really get what the hell he, he was doing there. No. Not to mention he was just creeping. Yeah. He was creeping there. So, like, in passing, Sharon Stone is, like, walking away from his apartment, and she goes, yeah, I'll be at this club at midnight. And he goes, I'll meet you there. And it was probably like 6 p.m. at that point, maybe 7 p.m. So he had no time to like buy a new shirt or buy a new club <laughs> outfit. So he had to take what was in his closet. And that was it. That was his choice. Unbelievable. Like he just shows up like a creep and he's like yeah. dancing like a scumbag too. Yeah. But in his defense about the dancing, no one could dance in that club. That club, <laughs> that that scene was just littered with bad dancing. I feel like. That era had an identity crisis. In 1992, nobody knew what they wanted to be. Well, we, like it was a mix between techno and hip hop. So this, what ended up was like this mishmash of like just people flailing their arms around. Yeah. I mean, we, we do talk about, you know, it's like just because it's 1990 doesn't mean it's not really the yeah. 80s still. So like 92 is just as much like the late yeah. 80s as it is the early it's, 90s. It's like hanging on to 80s style, but like trying to change it up, but not knowing what you want yet. I'm surprised he didn't have a double-breasted suit there, man. 
He needed the double-breasted jacket. <laughs> yeah. This is like, who's going to wear a sweater in the nightclub, too? That place was hot as hell. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, Rookie move. Rookie move. So, all right, we got we got full-looking style. He was high on coke. He didn't care. He, he was coked up. Yeah. We got a five for the hideout and layer, and we got a five for plan. Henchman. What is her muscle, and does she have any sub-bosses? She had a muscle sub-boss henchman. Roxy. She had does, one. Does she count? She counts. Was it if it's true love? She tried to kill Nick. But if it's true love, does it count as a sub boss? And did she want him to kill Nick? No, she didn't send. Him, she didn't send her after him. So it's like a rogue but, boss. But the fact that she had a lackey that is willing to do whatever for for her, or like because of her in the name of her, yeah, then I think that counts. D- does the ice pick count as a henchman, or is that a murder weapon? That is a murder weapon. It is not a henchman. I believe the a henchman has to have, you know, a soul, so it's to speak. Some henchmen don't have souls. I don't know. Cannot, I take that back. It cannot be an inanimate object. It cannot be an inanimate object. We didn't we didn't talk when we talk about her plan, right? We didn't talk about how she was cat and mousing him with this ice pick the whole movie, too, by the yeah. way. She was chopping ice. Oh yeah, and she was really good at it too. You could tell. She really she's like, Oh, you you know you really want me to do that, yeah. right, Nick? Mm-hmm. Right, Nick? She knew what Nick wanted the whole time. Yep. So what what are you giving her henchmen? Because I think so, she might lose some points here. She wasn't a great henchman, but the fact that she exists at least gets her more than a one or a zero, right? What are you giving her? <sighs> it's <laughs> she she died by driving off of a cliff or driving off of like a, a highway. So I yeah. think that loses her some points. So it's a bad henchman in that like Sharon Stone didn't want Michael Douglas necessarily dead at that point, right? So it would have been a bad thing had she been knocked off. So it's got to be a one or a zero. It's a, it's a fact. It's a question of whether you, you want to give her a one or a zero. I'll, gi- I'll give her a one just because we'll we'll she, yeah, we, she, she had one. Zero. She she had one. She didn't instruct her. Yeah. So what do we got? Okay. So recap. Look in style. We got a four. Hideout and layer five. Plan is a five. Henchman is a one. So if you add that up, what do you got? That's uh, 15. 15. 15 out of 20. Now that's, I don't know where she stands. Is she higher than Slicker Man? She Slicker might be man? higher than Slicker Man. Is she, is she higher than Colin Crisp? Colin Crisp. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. He had the ponytail. Is she higher? <laughs> is she higher than Har- Marvin Harry? We don't know. <laughs> we got. I go don't back. even know if we did Marvin Harry. No, I don't we think didn't. the villain scale existed back I, then. Are they villains? Or are they just goons? They're, They're goons. like their own henchmen of they each other. They are henchmen. <laughs> I like to think that they have a boss that like sends them to houses. That's what I like to think. <laughs> Maybe there's a there's there's a higher robber who doesn't get his hands dirty, but he likes to get his beak wet. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's the wet, the wetter, ba- the wettest bandit. <laughs> the wettest bandit with the wettest of beaks. <laughs> the wettest bandit. <laughs> what do you think about this movie? So we, before we ask you what you think of the movie in general, the ending of this thing, right? Yeah. So we said we're going to tackle spoilers. I read some stuff that it wasn't clear to people until they went on the press junket. Now, this is the second time I've seen this movie straight through, mm-hmm. and, I, and I liked it better, even even better the second time. Do you think the ending was clear to you? Was it clear what happened? What did you think of the ending in general? Oh, well, the ending that was shown was definitely clear with the last shot being of the ice pick. But take away the shot of the ice pick, and there at least is some doubt, right? Yeah. I mean, even with the ice pick, the first time I saw it, I felt kind of some doubt. Because I thought, wait, yeah. wait a second. Like, that's, wow. that's how you know a, a psychological thriller does a good job mm-hmm. because it made me kind of question like yeah. what was real and what wasn't. Yeah, but why would she have the ice pick otherwise? Like why would she possibly have it? And maybe otherwise? she, I, I, I don't know. And it's, it's not for defense because he wasn't going to kill her. Like, Did you get it's like, not like it was defense. 
Do you get like American Psycho vibes from this movie? In what way? Like, are you talking about like in in a sense that it, it might just be in our heads and it's yes. not her the whole time? Like throughout the movie, you're sort of questioning what's real and what isn't. No, I didn't. I I was pretty sure that she was the killer the whole time, and I didn't think they tried to hide it. They just did a good job of like she was so open about it that it was crazy. But like he was also open of his intentions of catching her. Yeah. Like the cat and mouse game was like so steamy that I believed both of them. I do like how the part where there was a part in the movie where his partner, like he was so certain that she did it. Mm -hmm. So certain. And then after a while, she starts doing the sob story to him and all the stuff yeah. about, oh, you know, she's opening up to him. Everybody, like, everybody dies around me or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And to his partner, he's like, dude, I don't think she did it. <laughs> I don't think she, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, dude, you're so, you're, you're in too yeah. deep. Yeah. So, so do you think in the end, do you think he really believed the alibi? So he, we glossed yeah. over this, by the way. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of the movie, she, we said it as part of the plan. She sets up the psychiatrist and, and you know, trigger finger, happy trigger guy, mm -hmm. Michael Douglas shoots the psychiatrist because he per, she perfectly sets up a scenario where yeah. she planted a wig. She, she had them all show up at the same spot, master manipulator back to yep. her plan. Do you think Michael Douglas believed they got the killer then? He really thought it was a psychiatrist? Yeah, no, I think that, I think he was uh, properly fooled. I really do. Or maybe, I don't know, because or maybe he, he was, think? maybe he was okay with, all right, well, she said, maybe he was okay with believing it or like making, make, looking past it, making himself believe, even though he doesn't believe. He's, he's too in love. It's to worth believe. it to him. Yeah. Cause he's with her. When, and she made it pretty clear after she did this, this novel, she was done with him. Yeah. She was done. So why do you think she went back to him? I think she's going to finish the novel, Drew, and I think she's going to kill him. Just It might just be a week down the line or when it's more, you know, um, convenient for her to escape or get away with it, you know? But the, but the question I have about that is she set up her alibi perfectly with these other books because yeah. they sort of solved they, – they solved the murder, murder here. They, they wrapped it up really nicely. They, they pinned the, the crime on the psychiatrist, and they got it to a situation where you know, if Michael Douglas dies now – yeah, she's the she's the only suspect. Who are they going to blame it on next? How else would he die with an ice pick? They found the ice pick yeah, killer, right? Right. Um, so that's why I'm thinking maybe the book isn't out yet. We don't know how the cop dies. She just says blatantly, "Well, the cop dies in the end." You know, so it might be a week from now. It might be a month from now. You know, who knows? It's probably after the book is. Maybe she'll string him along for a couple months. Release the book. And then kill him how how the cop dies in the book. Later on, way later. Could it looked be a like year she was going now. for the ice pick. Mm. I, the ice pick thing, I, I mean, that was kind of... To me, it felt like that was added on at the end by the director. To, like, solidify, to make the audience know that that was the killer. Yeah. Because maybe they did some test screenings and they people were confused. Well, do you think it would be better if they left it more ambiguous? I do. I really do. I, I do too. I yeah. wish they didn't show that because yeah. I thought the fake out was pretty good and you could have really been sitting here thinking like, did she yeah. really do it? Like the screen faded to black and then I thought that was it and I was like, wow, well, we really don't know if she did it or not. And then it faded back into them in the bed again and her playing with the ice pick. So I I I rather would have not seen the ice pick. 
I agree. I, I was still pretty confident that she did it, but I didn't have to like have it spelled out for me. And it would have been cool to like, you know, that would that would have been like, you know, movies are like that a lot of ways for a lot like think about Sopranos. You know, is Tony dead? Is he not dead? We'll never know. A screen faded to black. Like it could have been a debated thing about that movie. Is she the killer? Is she? We'll never know. I agree with you. I, I wish they didn't show it and I, I would have preferred it ambiguous. I didn't hate that it was there, mm-hmm. but I would have I would have liked it better, I think, if they if they had the the yeah. cut to black and that's about it. We don't need to be handheld, you know. You don't I like movies that fine. don't spoon yeah. feed it to you. I, I like when yeah. they leave it open. You so. talk about yeah, you talked about American Psycho, same thing. Like they didn't we don't know what happened in American Psycho for real. He's probably a murderer, but maybe it is all in his head. We don't know. Yeah. They made a second one. Do you think you're on board for for watching the sequel here? You know, I'm sure it's a terrible movie, but I I remember there being buzz when that came out that, you know, this movie's kind of bad, but Sharon Stone really gave it her all, and she was like, back. You know, she's back. So I I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Depends on how bad the movie is, I guess. Look, say say what you will about, look, the nudity and the love scenes in this movie, but Sharon Stone knocked it out of the park. She is awesome. I'm a fan. yeah, Yeah. It's not just, you know, they didn't just get a body. For lack of a better word, like she yeah. was legitimate. I really do believe that she was at least owed an Oscar nom. She was that. Yeah, good. I don't, and I don't watch a lot of movies yeah. with her in it. But you know, I, I didn't. She had a very bit part in Total Recall, yeah. right? Also mm-hmm. by Paul Verhoeven. But yeah. I thought she was good in that too. She played sure. that sort of like sneaky evil wife of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I thought yeah. she was good in that. Yeah. So I'm a fan. Like she yeah. did a great job in this movie. I thought uh, she was the best yeah. actor in the whole movie. I feel like she was snubbed by the recognition, like we said earlier, because of of the, of the nude scenes and all that. Academy it probably got a little too prudish, so they gave it an, an editing nod, but like didn't really care to shed a light on what the actual movie was about. And that's an Academy thing, you know, prudes. Speaking of Oscar snubs, if you think we should get snubbed from the podcast awards because this episode went a little too NC-17 here for you, <laughs> and you want to unsubscribe, before you do, let us know. The Last Row Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an, uh, an email. Leave us a tweet at The Last Row Pod, Facebook, Instagram. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a, a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, for that matter, and Podchaser. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, September 16th with another movie for you guys. And on that note, we'll see you in two weeks. So, Drew, can you imagine just being murdered mid-lovemaking? How does does the rigor mortis work with that? And (laughs) is that... Is that something that has been studied? Like, I, I don't understand what would happen. So, you know, when rigor mortis kicks in, things like your limbs stiffen up. So if you're already stiff and then you stiffen up, like, is it, like, super stiff? Is, is it the worst way to die or is it the best way to die? Because, like, is there anything better you can be doing before you die? You would think that it'd be a lifesaver because, like, with all the blood pressure. So if you're stabbed in the upper torso, maybe you get extra time. <laughs> it's like it's, it's a natural turn again yeah. to escape, yeah. <laughs>